Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. How you guys? <laughs> you guys don't. Glenn never, ever, ever do that again. That made us all very uncomfortable, and we're embarrassed for you. Have you ever done stuff, and you're just like, man, I bet other people are embarrassed for me right now. <laughs> I do that kind of stuff all the time. But what's going on? Happy Mother's Day. Weekend, week day whatever whenever you're hearing this podcast is mother's day right now i tried to uh i actually tried to record this podcast yesterday and uh i just wasn't feeling it so i just hit delete and uh and i was just like you know i'm not gonna force it you know i'm not gonna force it it will come naturally you know if i if i go and drink some metamucil and get some more fiber it will just all come natural do you know what i'm playing but i hope everybody's doing all right here in south carolina I think that this whole thing is, uh, I think that the coronavirus isn't real anymore, or is that, that's how we're acting, at least down here, so, uh, everything's kind of slowly getting back to normal, I'm not, like, uh, I'm still doing what I'm doing, I'm still gonna take my precautions, because, I mean, who even knows what's going on, you know, if this all turned out to be bogus, and, uh, it was really not as huge as 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 everyone initially thought you know i'd rather be safe i would rather err on the side of caution that's something that i've like that's an expression that i've like have started using lately because it makes me feel wise when i said has any of y'all watched the uh have any of y'all has any of y'all watched that new michael jordan documentary the uh what's it called the last dance the last dance on espn you want to talk about a well done documentary that is I mean, that thing is ruining my childhood two episodes at a time because two episodes drop every Sunday night. And uh, it's really shows you a different side that, that you did. Because I grew up in that era during the Jordan era. That was when I was a kid. And so it's kind of showing me a side that I never saw before of Michael Jordan and the Bulls and really basketball in general. You know, and to be honest with you, the more the more that I see of Michael Jordan, I understand his attitude i do but i don't like it and i really don't like him more and more every time i watch i mean he's amazing he's definitely the goat you know i hand that to him lebron whoever kobe whoever's in the in the conversation basketball back then was more physical and it's not what it is now everybody's flopping all over the place now i really don't enjoy watching as much because it's not it's like a it's like a Everybody just shoots three-pointers all the time, and if you barely touch somebody, they'll act, they'll jump and flop on the floor, and it's just like you can't get away with as much, and, and back then, man, it was a it was a tough game, so I think he's definitely the GOAT, but if Dennis Rodman looks pretty tame and like a nice guy compared to you, just maybe you might want to reassess some stuff in your life, you know, and just kind of the bully mentality that, uh, that, that he had, man. I, re- I really don't. I really don't care for it that much. Maybe it's because I'm a parent now, you know, and I'm like, play nice, everybody. If I would have seen this when I, you know how when you hear a cuss word or something on a, when you're little in a movie, you're like, oh, that's probably how it would have been back then. You know, if I probably would have liked my kid, this is my Michael Jordan's wife, favorite player ever, Robin Dad. But I mean, now it's just like, dude, don't be a prick, man. Yeah, now that I'm a dad, a boring old dad, I guess that's how I uh, that's how I look at life because the the your life changes a lot when you become a parent. You know, thank you, Glenn, for 
Thank you, Glenn, for uh, pointing the obvious out to us. But uh, something that I that uh, something else that I've been watching that I want to talk about. Well, maybe I'll talk. I'll talk about it after I start the podcast, man. This is enough of an intro. So something that I have been watching over the last since, well, I kind of binged. I just about finished the second season. I, I am, I'm not embarrassed to say that I bought both of them on Amazon Prime. Was uh, Love After Lockup, uh, season one and season two. Those, you, you want to talk about some fantastic television, you need to watch Love After Lockup. But the, here's the premise of it. So these people on the outside, good people, Good people that have never been in any kind of trouble by the looks of it um, are dating. They go to like dateaninmate.com or something like that. There's several websites where you can become pen pals or actually date inmates from the outside. And uh, pretty much it's a bunch of scammers trying to get your money um, that are in prison that need you to support them while they're in prison. So these good, good people are getting scammed. Let me tell you something. Let me, I think that everybody that is depressed, that, that feels bad, that has like bad stuff going on in their lives needs to get on Amazon prime and buy one of the seasons of love after lockup. Because if you think your life's bad, man, some of these good people, what happens is the inmates get released from prison and then, you know, everybody's like, I'm going to have my dream wedding and everything's going to be, you know, hunky dory. And I mean, they just, they just get, they just get the ride of their, they get taken on a ride. These poor, poor, unfortunate souls get taken by a ride by all these like professional criminals, you know, and it's just really satisfying to watch. You know, you have, uh, one guy, he's like my favorite guy. He's like the biggest sucker on the show. He was a truck driver or he is a truck driver, a truck driver. He doesn't have no money, man. And this lady was locked up. I think they were talking for like three years. And I think he went like 90,000 deep. Like he's, he's totally broke. He's all his resources have dried up. He shelled out 90 thousand dollars and then she gets out and just treats him like crap there's another lady that gets out and there's this poor there's this poor dude man bless his heart man he's he's this dude that works as a hotel clerk and he meets this girl that's really not i mean she looks like a crackhead she's really not out of his league out of his league but you know with all the filters and makeup and angles that people take pictures like they can look hotter than they are her pictures looked hotter than how she actually turned out to be but it was like his dream girl man he's a little touched he's a little slow man but he uh he was like so excited and they were gonna get married she got out got like a 300 dollar hairdo or, or like they dyed her hair he bought her all these clothes, took her out to a nice restaurant, gave her a ring, and then she just took off with like his rental car and I think a hundred dollars or his credit card and phone was like going on a crack bench. He's sitting there crying, like, I don't know why this happened. Dude, what well, I mean <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad that it's good. Love after logup. If you want to uh 
if you're feeling bad about anything, you know, I think that that would just, that's a good pick me up for anybody during this quarantine and during this, uh, during this whole pandemic, man, watch that show. That's one of my favorite shows ever. I saw, see, when the first season came out, I watched, I would say I watched three quarters of those maybe. And then I forgot about it. But, uh, but it's been so long since I watched season one that I just went back and watched the whole season one and I'm three quarters of the way through the season two. And it's just fantastic, man. It's just great. So, um, uh, so do that. That will leave you a virus satisfied. But uh, it's kind of like I kind of I kind of equated it to this, and it's not a good. It's really not that good of a analogy. Now that I think about it, it's not a good example of love after lockup. But it was kind of like it was kind of like I thought about how it was like Hitler if there were dating apps, and like Hitler had this uh like this profile, you know, and then like the poor Jews would show up. And be like, oh man, that's not what it's what it looked like it was gonna be. <laughs> but uh, I actually got on. That's a terrible blend. That's not funny. That's yeah, it's kind of tasteless. I, I mean, I admit it. But I mean, I uh, I got on some of these websites, and uh, I'm I'm setting up an account now. So I'm I don't know, man. I'm I'm trying to decide what I want to do. I wanna I want to uh, I want to see how long it would take for me to, like, for them to try to scam me, you know? Like, I'm using a fake name and everything. I ain't messing with these people. But, uh, I mean, if they try, they try, 90% of those people are trying to get over on me. So, I thought it would be kind of a fun game to see, you know, if, like, to see how long it took for them to start asking for money. Sorry, I had to take a sip of water. But uh, anyway, that's a good show, and you should totally watch that. I've been trying to still, you know, socially distance myself from people and only go out as needed. And uh, and so this week I did need, I was working on a toilet, and I needed some Teflon tape um, like that you put around fittings before you tighten them, like brass fittings or like metal fittings and stuff. Like, you know, you put this like plumber's Teflon tape around the uh threads so it'll seal so it'll seal up it'll be nice and sealed up when you um tighten it up and so i had some teflon tape but i couldn't find it so i had to go to lowe's and get some teflon tape and so when i got to lowe's i started see my weakness is tools like i love tools even if i don't have any use for tools i love tools like i don't know why it's something about them like if i need this I'll have it, and and this is, like, a really good one, you know, because they're always coming out with different models and different new things. You know, even if it's, like, a even if it's like a set of wrenches, there's always, like, new tweaks that they'll have, and I just like to look at them, even if I don't buy them. There's been a lot of times, like, I've gotten to the point now, and this is the beautiful thing about being divorced, about being single, is, is you, can do, <laughs> you can do this, but then you have to, like, kind of be careful. Like there's been stuff that I've done. I've worked on people's cars. I've done little projects around the house. And a lot of times what I'll do instead of just borrowing tools or just getting what I'll need, I'll like get a whole set of something, right? I'll never have to borrow one of these again, or I'll never have to, you know, go to the store when I'll just have it. And I've sometimes I've spent more money 
on the actual tools than uh than the job that I'm doing, like the parts for the job that I'm doing. I'm just like ah, and so uh so I was walking around Lowe's, and uh, I was looking at chop saws and all this stuff, and uh and I end up walking out of there with like two powered like cordless power drills, like two of them. Because I, I was, like, looking at big saws that I, like, never would use. Not even once a year. And uh, maybe once every five years or something, I was like, I need to have this. And I was like, you're crazy, man. You don't even need a saw, man. What are you doing? And so I finally found these this drill, a cordless, like, a good... I was like, I need a good cordless drill. Because a lot of times, like, when I would use a cordless drill, I'll just use a screwdriver. Because all I have is a corded drill. You got to get the whole extension cord and all that stuff out. And you got to do all this stuff. So I was like, if I had a cordless drill, then I would just be like, zip to doo And so I looked at the cordless drill, and I was like, there's two... Like, there's a set... And that would save me. It would be irresponsible if I didn't buy this. And you, that's the beautiful thing about not having a girl, you know, a girlfriend or a steady girlfriend that they would be like, wah, 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 spend the money on me. And, you know, like I would be like, oh, man, because that's what that's what wives will do. Unless like you're oh, like Bob the Builder and you do that kind of stuff for a living, which I do not. But that's like a weakness that I have, man. Like, I'll just be like, oh, I'm doing a $50 job. I must need $300 worth of tools. But, uh, so I do have to be careful. But I really, I really am trying to still avoid going out into public because people are just stupid, man. And it makes me mad. Like, uh, yesterday I was in the grocery store and you know how at least around here, this is the protocol that we're following. It's kind of an unspoken rule. But if somebody's standing in front of something, back in the day, which like a few months ago, if they were just standing there trying to make up their mind, there was no problem with walking right up to them, like beside them and saying, excuse me, and just grabbing what you need and going about your business. But since all this has been going on, what happens is somebody is looking at something. Let's say, let's say somebody's looking at the hot dogs. All right. And so somebody's looking at the hot dogs. They're just standing there, you know, they're scoping out all the hot dogs. The, 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 the polite thing to do is to, to stay six to eight feet back away from them, wait for them to finish, you know? And then when they walk off, you step up. And then after you get done, hopefully you've been kind of looking at it, from a distance and figuring out what you want. And when you step off, then the next person that came up after you did, they step in, right? And so I was doing that yesterday and I wait, I had waited a long time. I think it was bacon. And this guy just stood there and stood there and stood there. And I think that sometimes people don't notice that, that people are waiting, you know what I mean? And, and like, uh, like he, he just stood there and stood there and stood there and I waited. And then when I like stepped up to the bacon, like people started reaching in front of me and coming right up to me. And I will tell you this, I've noticed that a lot of good looking women do this. A lot of good looking women are not observing the social distancing because they're like, I'm hot. I can do what I want. And people won't say anything. Right. Like I was, I, that has happened to me the last couple times I've been in grocery stores is 90% of the people that are not considered others are like hot women. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I do, that doesn't give you an excuse to run all over people, man, just because you're that way. But, uh, that is a, that is a, I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm, uh, 
Well, no, I mean, that's that's the research that I did. That's how it is. It's hot, hot women are acting like they ain't got to be considerate of other people, which, I mean, I think that, I think that says something, but, uh, but I did, I did, uh, I will admit this on the podcast. I'm kind of ashamed of it. This, uh, this old lady, uh, did that to me and I didn't know that it was an old lady. And I started to, I started to, uh, say something. And then I just stopped mid sentence because it was like this blue haired 90 year old looking lady. And I don't think she even heard. I started mumbling because I'll start mumbling. I'll start mumbling and grumbling and, uh, <laughs> I'll start mumbling and grumbling. I'll say something, man. If you're not socially distancing and you come right up on me because you act like, like why are you grocery shopping? If you're in such a rush, if you're in such a rush, why are you acting like it's the end of the it's the end of the world? You shouldn't be grocery shopping. If you only have a, a 20 minutes to get a whole buggy full of groceries, like you need to you need to do it at a different time. And you're like, Glenn, they might not have any time. They could be an essential worker that's working tirelessly to cure the pandemic. Not around here. The numbers aren't as bad or inflated around here. So like there's no reason to be rude, man. Just take I mean it might add fifteen minutes, probably not even that much to your shopping trip. The, being considerate during this time, even if it's not, even if you have been quarantined, if you're like, I'm not at risk, you know, it kind of freaks you out. It kind of freaks other people out. So you should at least be, you should at least be considerate, right? You should. But do, do you guys remember, speaking of, speaking of that, let's move on to the next topic without any transition. I, like I used to try. I don't even try. But anyway, the West Virginia governor. I love this guy. I can't help it. I can't help it. I don't even know what party he's in. I don't even care if he's a Republican or Democrat. I love this guy just because, remember a few podcasts back, like, uh, it was kind of right after this whole thing got off the ground, the whole coronavirus thing. There was the governor of West Virginia, and he was like, we need to abide by the rules. If you won't go to Bob Evans and hate, go to Bob Evans and hate. Remember that guy that I talked about on the podcast? If you're new, I think the title of that episode is Go to Bob Evans and Eat. <laughs> That's how much I love that. I named a podcast after him. But, uh, but this guy stuck his foot in his mouth again this week, and it is the greatest thing that I mean I've ever heard what happened was he was doing uh he was doing a press briefing and he was talking about you know they're easing some restrictions in West Virginia and he uh he dropped the f-bomb he was reading a statement but I guess he just threw in the f-bomb and uh <laughs> he threw in the f-bomb and then it was like so it was so like obvious that he had done it that uh that he had to do another press briefing and try to lie his way out of what he had said and i have it right here i'm going to play it for you and uh it's just the greatest thing man today in our news briefing there was an audio glitch an audio glitch and it sounded like <laughs> that i had said a bad word a bad word a word that i would i would never say he almost nor said have it there. i ever said he almost said it there listen no possibility in any uh, way shape form or fashion listen he almost said it again he did he did he almost said it again 
Today at our news briefing, there was an audio glitch. Yep. And it sounded like that I had said a bad word. Listen here. A word that I would, I would never say. See, he said that I would never. He almost, he almost said it again. He almost said it again right there. <laughs> that I would never, ever say. Today at our news briefing, there was an audio, an audio glitch. glitch. And it sounded like that I had said a bad word. A word that I would, I would never say, nor have I ever said. No possibility nor in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Said, nor have I ever said. I've never said a bad word in all my living born days. I love that guy. Man, that is hilarious. I mean, of all the... I would just, like, let that one die. Because if you're in West Virginia and you say something like that, it probably you probably will get more votes if you talk like that and you're from West Virginia. But I looked this guy up. He's just some billionaire. And uh, he's got that, that coal miner money. And uh, he's just, like, a, some rich white guy from West Virginia that is the governor. But he was reading it, and he did the little... Uh, he did. She did the little. Uh, he said the word, and then the lady doing the sign language, like somebody froze the video of her, and she just had like this O face, like she didn't know what she was supposed to do. But I thought that that was. I thought that that was pretty funny, man. But um, yeah. So that happened that this week, and that is the most hilarious thing that I've ever seen. But uh, God bless that guy, man. He's just the best. But uh, anyway, so today being Mother's Day, uh, I thought that I would talk about um, some weird celebrity facts that we don't know a lot about. Because I was watching, having, having watched all the episodes that are out of The Last Dance, I was like, man, you know, that's pretty strange that you grow up and you think of somebody like Michael Jordan in one way for your whole life, and then, you know, you get to see the ugly truth about who he really is. And I was like, you know, there's probably a lot of celebrities that, uh, you know, it kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> and I was like, there's a lot of celebrities, like there's weird facts about uh, celebrities. So I was like, what would be great on my podcast if I was like... Uh, if I found some weird facts about celebrities and just ruined it for all of us by telling you these facts. And so I went online and I found a few. And a lot of times what I do is I'll just believe the first thing I read if it's convenient. So, I, I mean, I didn't, like, really research this stuff. I just found it on some websites and uh, and just believe it. So this is what... uh. This is what I found. Johnny Depp. A lot of people like Johnny Depp. I like Johnny Depp. He's, like, a great actor, man. And uh, But it was reported in Moore magazine that, De that Depp had a penchant for women's clothing. He is quoted as saying, I'd be embarrassed for my friends to find out that I am familiar with women's clothing. Yep, so there's that. That's Johnny Depp. Which you could have kind of probably, I can see that. That's not really that big of a shock, you know what I'm saying. James Franco. James Franco said... Let's see. He was being interviewed on Inside the Actor's Studio. Franco admitted that sometimes rabbits, like, turn me on. I don't know why. Yeah, that's kind of weird, dude. So James Franco, he's kind of an odd fellow. But, uh, yeah, that's weird. Why would rabbits do that? But anyway, that that's one. All right, here's one that's just kind of weird that really goes back to, like, the 1920s. Uh, this one's about Charlie Chaplin. 
Uh, let's see. Film historian David Browning says that Chaplin loved to bring women in to audition, but he wouldn't speak to them. Well, he couldn't speak to them because it was silent films. Duh. Instead, he would hold up caption cards that would tell the wannabe actresses what to do. Eventually, the cards would have the women undress until they were totally naked. Then Chaplin liked to fondle them and throw custard pies at them. Yep. So that is uh, Charlie Chaplin, the silent film actor. All right, what else do I have here? Oh, this is uh, this is Quentin Tarantino. Um, actually has, he likes feet, which, I mean, you can look at Quentin Tarantino and, and just, I could have probably guessed that by looking at Quentin Tarantino. He looks kind of like a feety guy, you know? Um, let's see. Then you have the Twilight stars, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. They were a couple for a while and Pattinson would lick, um, Kristen Stewart's armpits and she actually liked it. That's kind of a fun thing. That's kind of a fun thing to know for all you Twilight fans out there. I was never a fan of Twilight, man. I don't think that it was like... I don't think that when they made those movies that my... That, like, me as a... Like, if you had a bunch of me's in a group, like my age group, male age group, whatever, Caucasian... 30-somethings, males, late 20s, whatever, when it came out, I don't think that they were like, hey, man, let's make a Twilight movie for them. It was kind of like that uh, show, True Blood. Was it True Blood, the vampire show on HBO? It's kind of corny like that. But anyway, what's his name? Uh, Matthew McConaughey uh, told InStyle magazine that, I think food is real sexy. Sometimes, if I taste something I really love... I get such tingles down my spine that I have to stop and take a break. Come on, man. Matthew McConaughey is like one of the most dramatic people in the world. Like when you're eating, you get tingles down your spine. It's really sexy. No, it's not. There's not. No, it's not. Matthew McConaughey, get yourself together. But... There's a few things that hopefully ruin your views of a few people because mine have been ruined. You know, you know that, uh, you know, those kids, those narcissistic kids that when they find out bad news, they have to like, they can't wait to tell somebody the bad news. You know, I guess it's like, I don't know. I guess if the kids have good news, they want to be the first to tell too. But it's like, yeah, even grownups do that, man. If they find out something bad or negative, it's like, oh, I can't wait. Who can I tell this to? <laughs> but anyway, so there's like, there's like, I don't know. There's people like that in the world, man. But uh, thank you all for listening today. I'm about, I'm about done for the day. I think you gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them. But uh, but if you want to contact me, contact information is in the notes of this podcast. I really appreciate all of you checking in with me. I was actually, I actually listened because I, I. I remember doing a Mother's Day episode right after I started the Glenn Thing Stuff podcast. So I went back, and what what happened was I pulled a bunch of the original Glenn Thing Stuff episodes. I just they're not published anymore because they were so bad. I didn't know how to talk. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't comfortable. I still don't know how to talk. I still don't know how to talk, but I'm more comfortable and I'm more being myself now than I was in the beginning. And all I mean, I recorded everything on my cell phone in the beginning. I didn't have this this elaborate studio yet, and uh, and 
So I would record everything on my phone. And I remember the Sunday morning when I did this because I talked about uh, I talked about H.H. Holmes, which is my favorite serial killer ever. It's just fascinating. H.H. Uh, Holmes is just a fascinating uh, serial killer. And uh, I actually talked about him on my Mother's Day episode 2018. So it was two years ago. And, uh, and it's not published anymore. So because um, I pulled the first 20-something episodes just because they were so bad. I wasn't comfortable, and it's just it's just bad. But I thought what I would do at the end of the podcast today was I'd just tack that episode on to the end of this podcast uh, so you could hear, uh, you know, me talk about H.A.'s home. I think I talked about some other stuff like bidets and stuff like that. But uh, it's really raw and it's old. But uh, hopefully, if you haven't heard it before, if you haven't heard been with me since the beginning you uh definitely haven't heard it because it's not available so uh i thought that i would i would tack it on the end of today's podcast as a little treat for you but uh i hope that i've come a long way i think that i have i don't think that i'm that i don't think that i'm that messy anymore but uh but i hope all of you have a great week i hope that you continue to be careful um i think we're about at the end of this if you're going back to work that's great i really i really uh feel for all the people that have been out of work lately and uh you know my thoughts and prayers are with you and i hope that uh i hope that we can all get back to normal soon because nobody likes this but let me tell you something if you're a hot girl and you listen to my podcast get over yourself and just wait in line like the rest of us all right all right guys peace out What's going on, everybody? Everybody in the podcast listening world. This is Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Think Stuff podcast for Mother's Day 2018. Happy Mother's Day from me to you. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. Happy Mother's Day to all you stepmothers. Happy Mother's Day to all you grandmothers and mother figures and every kind of mother that there is. If you're just a mother, Happy Mother's Day to you. We could not survive without mothers. Because we wouldn't be born. We wouldn't be born. So thank you to all of you. And to all of your uteruses. And ovaries and things. Thank you. Alright. So if you're new to my podcast. Welcome. Welcome. On this podcast. I just talk about stuff that I think about. You know, hence the name. <laughs> but I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, I just like to um, talk about things that I think about. I like to make people laugh. That's something that I think that there's not enough of in this world. You know, I don't think that people laugh enough. I think that that all of us take life too seriously. And I don't think that you just need to make light of everything but 
No matter what's going on in your life, if your life is going great and you laugh, it just makes it better. And if you're you've hit a rocky patch and you know life's not everything that you thought it would be or you're going through a death or divorce or you know whatever kind of struggle you're going to you ran out of apples <laughs> laughing makes you feel some kind of relief and it makes you feel better it just does it has for me anyway and so I like to laugh and I like to not always be so serious so you know just sit back and clock out and check this out check this out check this flavor out (laughs) so this is what I was doing this morning after I I had to go somewhere and on the way there I tried to rescue a turtle I straddled him when I came across him in the road. When I saw him, it was too late, so I straddled him so I wouldn't hit him. And he was three-quarters of the way across the road. And by the time I found somewhere to turn around and got back to him, he had already gotten off the road, which is good, because I will rescue a turtle. Not that I wouldn't rescue other animals, but that's my favorite animal. I think that they're chill and they're cool. And I'll talk about them on another podcast. I've had some adventures with turtles. I like turtles. I I just like turtles. They're just they fancy. They have their house everywhere they go and stuff like that. <laughs> so, right after that happened, I went and this is Mother's Day morning, people. I went through a license check. Like they had a sign up. It wasn't a sobriety checkpoint. I think they called it a safety checkpoint. You know, and they had a few people pulled over. But I was like, what? Mother's Day morning? Man. So, you know, I hope that any mothers didn't wake up and have a mimosa and want to run to the store. That would be terrible. What a terrible Mother's Day that would be. <laughs> ah, so, um, so after that happened, after all that happened, I started thinking about bidets. And I just did but you asked me why why are you thinking about bidets you know I'm sitting there drinking my coffee and I'm like hmm bidets hmm well here's what happened my sister and I my sister earlier this week or earlier last week cause technically Sunday is like the beginning of a new week right alright last week early last week my sister and I we're talking and she was talking about how much she hated the cushions the toilet seat covers like the lids and the seats that are cushions because they all touch everything when you shut them and open them and she's just like you know how do you keep that clean it's everything's touching everything all the time it's just nasty and so I was thinking about that and I've been thinking about that you know, and this is my take on soft, this is my problem with soft toilet seats and, you know, the lid and the seat. The actual seat part is where I have the problem. My problem with a cushioned toilet seat is that it's too comfortable. It's more comfortable than a cold, hard seat. 
Now, if I'm going to sit down on a toilet seat, it's not going to stay cold. I'm going to be there for a minute, and, you know, it'll warm up. And I bet there's heated toilet seats. I know that's got to be a thing. You know, because I know that there's people that have money to spend on things like that that don't like having a cold buttocks. So, <laughs> so, um... My problem is that the soft ones, you know, like the ones that were at your grandmother's house, you never really, I don't know, I don't think I've ever seen a brand new, I got this brand new soft toilet seat. It's always like some old person that has it, you know, and maybe they have like a rickety butt and they need that. But I think it was probably more popular, I don't know, the 70s and 80s maybe. It, it was a thing for a while. But my problem is that if you're doing your business, you don't want to get comfortable. You know? You just don't want to sit there and hang out. I didn't even mean to say that. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want my legs to be asleep when I stand up. That's how uncomfortable it needs to be because I need to handle it and move on with my life. Because the less time... I spend sitting on the toilet. Yeah, I'm just burning life. You know? I need to move on. Now, that led my my train of thought to the bidet. And to- versus toilet paper. And I think that with a bidet, we're moving in the right direction with that. Now, I understand that you can't have something like that in a public restroom. I get that. That's not sanitary and blah, blah, blah. But I think that we're going in the right direction with that because your toilet paper seems like, to me, just this outdated technology, you know? I mean, you wipe, and what are you really doing when you wipe? You, you're not really cleaning anything. You're take, you're cleaning. I'm, I don't want to be nasty. <laughs> For your sake, I'm totally all right with it. But I mean, you're really not cleaning anything. I mean, you're you're cleaning the big stuff, but you're just wiping. I mean, you're not clean after you use toilet paper. You know, that's like getting in the shower, not turning on any water at all, and taking a dry washcloth and just rubbing all over your body with a dry washcloth you wouldn't be clean would you no you wouldn't the thing about the bidet is that there's some water there's a purification process that that goes on with your butthole there just is i've never used one but i would be open to it because i think that i mean i never really feel clean after I use the bathroom, I'm never, you know, some of the horrific things that happen to me. And you want to talk about some dry toilet paper fixing me up, you know? I guess wet wipes, that's that's good. That's like a poor man's bidet is what that is. That should be a commercial for like, for like wet wipes. The poor man's bidet. But... That's that's my take on it, people. So in case you were wondering, that's what uh, that's what I think about those things. All right. So let me let me talk. Let me shift gears a little bit and tell you what I have been 
thinking about for the last couple days, and it's pretty crazy. And this is a great subject for Mother's Day. So, on my Netflix queue, uh, much like, you know, a lot of you, if you watch one thing that's kind of darker, like a prison show, or like a mystery, or like a documentary, 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 how do you say it, documentary, documentary, if you watch one thing that's kind of whacked out, it throws your whole, it's like your, your Netflix gets demon possessed, and it starts suggesting all this crazy stuff to you, so my favorite show in the world, ever, in the history of mankind, my favorite show is Dexter, off of Showtime, with Michael C. Hall, I love Dexter, when I first discovered Dexter, I think they were about, they were probably in about the fourth or fifth season, when I discovered Dexter, and I just started buying all the seasons, and just watching, like, binge watching these things and I never have been so I don't think I've ever been in to a serious show so heavy it's just it's so original and I know it's based on the books Dexter in the Dark which I will read eventually they're on my list but yeah I've talked to some people that that read them and it's kind of different. You know, they, they kind of made the show a little bit differently than the than the books. Now, I'd seen Michael C. Hall in Six Feet Under. And just that whole show, I mean, that was kind of... Six Feet Under was kind of like a dramatic... It was a good show because HBO does good jobs on shows. And my podcast usually isn't about, like, I'm reviewing stuff, you know? This kind of this is kind of a segue into what I want to talk about. So just bear with me, people. Just bear with me, please. Help me, please. <laughs> so I saw Michael C. Hall in Six Feet Under, and to me, it was a well done show all the way around. But it really wasn't my it really wasn't my cup of tea. It just I mean it really wasn't. It was good. I would probably watch it again. It's been some years, but. Dexter is where it's at. And if you haven't watched Dexter, it's about this um, psychopath. And he actually works for the Miami Metro Police Department, like in the homicide unit. He's a blood splatter analyst, Dexter Morgan is. And he is also a serial killer. And he was adopted when he was young because his mom got killed in a drug deal gone bad. He was adopted by this cop, Harry. And he has a sister, Deb, that works for Miami Metro, and she becomes a homicide detective in maybe season, I think in season one, pretty quick, and he's a serial killer, Dexter is a serial killer, I mean, he'll, he'll investigate these murders, but then he'll kill people, but he'll only, he has this code, and he'll only kill people that are bad, that hurt people, that slip through the cracks of the justice system, you know, and he, he fakes emotions, he has a family, it's just crazy, it's crazy, and he did such a good job 
at capturing that character that you know it's just it's fascinating to watch because you, you're you're pulling for the serial killer which is not the usual that's how good of a job he does like you don't want Dexter to get caught you like Dexter and I mean they did kind of beat the show to death they kind of drug it out longer than they probably should have but I mean I get that because it was a successful you know show alright here's the deal so that's my favorite TV show so serial killers just and psychopaths when I see a documentary documentary when I see me documentary like I'll check it out if it looks good I'll check it out now let me tell you about the most underrated serial killer of all time that I think is the most underrated not like he should be famous or anything and maybe there's been a made for TV movie about this guy but I don't understand of all the horror movies that I've ever seen this horror movie if they made one about this guy it would freak you out if it was well done and done to the way that it really was there was this guy in the late 1800s named H.H. Holmes okay and H.H. Holmes you know I've read that he was America's first serial killer and then I've read things that say that technically he wasn't but I I mean whatever I'm not gonna split hairs with anybody I'm not gonna be like nah he totally was man if he was that's great if he's not who cares it's it's a I mean this this is a fascinating guy all right his name was H.H. Holmes he I, I don't have notes on this because on this podcast as you will see you know I'll read about stuff and I'll think about stuff and I'll plan out like an outline for the show but I'm not gonna get into that in 1896 like because that just I'm just like to babble about things ignorantly and that's kind of my deal <laughs> so let me tell you what I know about this dude alright man so H.A.'s Holmes he 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 became like a con artist and a scam I mean he'd run scams on people you know from an earlier age and he um things that he would do is like he would be a traveling salesman and he would just keep the money um for the products he sell he'd get things on credit and just never pay he did go to medical school and while he was at medical school he would steal these cadavers like the cadavers that they they um would teach the students on like these dead bodies and he would mutilate them and he would take out insurance policies on people and then commit insurance fraud using these bodies these cadavers that he stole using these bodies to claim the insurance money so he had like a life insurance scam going on well this dude i mean he bounced around the country a good bit you know running his cons and stuff and they say he was very charming and he was actually married i think to three or four different women and i mean he never got divorced so i mean they were all illegal and and uh 
he ended up in Chicago, right? So he's in Chicago. He starts working at this pharmacy. And I, the owners of the pharmacy were older. And he talked them into, like, signing their pharmacy over to him and the building that was above it. And um, shortly after, they signed it over to him. I want to say that they mysteriously... uh, uh, The people that he would kill, like, it would... He'd say that, oh, they went back to, you know... Iowa or California or, you know, he would, he would say that they just left town, left their belongings and just left town. And I, I want to say, don't quote me on this, but Glenn Stuff, Think Stuff podcast said this, you know, research it if you really, you know, if you're interested, I'm going to tweet a link of a documentary about this guy because he's, it's fascinating. Anyway, he talked these people into signing over their, you know, their business to him. And then what he did was he started to construct a hotel and, um, like above it because this thing was stories high. And if, if you want to see a picture of it, Google H.H. Holmes Murder Castle, because that's what it became known as. And it was in Chicago. And I think the World Fair was coming there. And he wanted to attract people um, from the World's Fair. And he started building this, this, this massive hotel. And what he would do is he would hire contractors... I'm sorry, I took a little sip of my coffee. He would hire these contractors, right? And he would get them to work so much, and then he would fire them and get another contractor because he didn't want them to see what he was doing. He didn't. He wanted to be the only one with the layout of this place in his head. This place had hallways that were just confusing, and would would get you disoriented. This place had um, doors that, you know, you'd open a door in a room and it would be a brick wall. And there might be five doors in the room. It had stairways that led to nowhere. It had trap doors. And it had all these different murder rooms, right? Like a theme. Dude, this is crazy. This is great. It gives me the creeps just to read about it, you know. But then when I watch something about it, it, I mean, why hasn't a movie been made about this? I know that there's there's things like it. You know, you might be like, what about Saw? Check this guy out, H.H. Holmes. I mean, they say that he killed upwards to 200 people. He had shoots. You know, like the laundry shoots they used to have back in the day where you drop laundry, where the maids or the housekeepers or whatever would put laundry down the laundry chute. Like, he made these for bodies, right? He had a hanging room for where he could hang people. He had a room where he could suffocate people. He had, I mean, the he had doors that would lock from, from, uh from the inside so you could only open them from the outside 
rooms that are soundproof. He had, um, he had a room, and this is a one that I just found out about, and I've known about this guy for, you know, a while, but he had a room that was plated in stainless steel with blow torches behind the stainless steel, so when he turned them on, it heated the stainless steel room like a it's like a metal box is what you were in and he um he would heat it up and it'd be like an oven and you would cook you would cook in that room slowly i mean just think about that that is crazy well then he had you know he he would uh these bodies he'd throw them down to the the basement and he'd mutilate them and cut them up and you know do all that and and um you know then he would sell they said he would sell some of the skeletons to medical schools and things like that but he had like vats of acid he would like burn the bodies up totally until they were you know dissolved like breaking bad type deal but i mean just imagine the house like when you figure out what's going on and you open a door and run i mean you're so disoriented now american horror story the hotel one the first one that lady gaga was on it had it took place it was called hotel and it was loosely based one of the characters was um was supposed to be H.H. H. Holmes and that was supposed to be his hotel and they did reference some of the stuff that I'm talking about and it's probably my favorite season of American Horror Story um, but it's just it's so creepy when you read about it and you read about how charming he was I mean this guy he took one of his I think it was a couple of his wife's kids and locked them in a trunk. He talked her into letting them, letting him have the kids, and he locked them in a trunk and took the a tube and ran it into a gas can and ran the tube into the trunk. I mean, this guy was just a true psychopath serial killer. And he did eventually get caught for, like an old warrant for a horse thief or whatever. I think there was a warrant in Texas for something to do with a horse, stealing a horse or something. And he confessed to 20-something murders because he was scared to go to Texas for whatever reason. I don't know why, but they say he was convicted and hung. And he, he his neck did not snap right away like it does at a normal hanging it's like he just suffocated which is i mean that's karma but you know there was a conspiracy theory floating around um for a long time that he his assistant actually said that he had this plan with his lawyers and the authorities and the guards at the jail to use a body to you know in his place like a dead body use a dead body in his place and let him go and so he could leave the country 
but you know that's been floating around for years because he wanted his body buried under all this concrete and i mean he had some weird things that he wanted done and so it made people think well is that really him well his family actually recently this has been recently i didn't even know this his family had his body exhumed to prove that it was him because everybody was like is that did he really die you know but you know they said that it was um but this guy if you want to be creeped out i'm gonna tweet out something about this guy so if you're listening and you're interested you can check it out but i mean h.h H. holmes the most sadistic evil just i mean at the same time to do all of that to build this massive murder castle in chicago it's just it's just creepy i mean he's just a creepy guy boy that's not very funny glenn i thought we were gonna be funny (laughs) ah but hh holmes check him out they need to make a movie about this guy because he he's a he's a fascinating piece of history but but anywho anywho speaking of serial killers let's talk about serial boxes and serial toys and just kind of lighten up lighten up all the mood everyone so when i was young there was serial toys there were toys in the cereal boxes and i don't see that as much you know i have kids and i don't say toys in cereal boxes like there used to be toys in all these different cereals and it was really marketing genius because you know i think that the kids would probably say all right i can eat that cereal for a week because i really want that toy more than i want the other toy and you know it wasn't my yeah we'd get that at my grandmother's we'd get we'd get fancy store-bought cereal at my grandmother's house but you know in my house it was like tricks and cheerios and shredded wheat and like crap cereal like garbage cereal like cereal that you know i would just put so much honey on that there'd be a half inch of honey or i'd put sugar and there'd be like a half inch of sugar at the bottom of my cereal bowl that no one would know about i would just slowly just keep adding and adding it was like my dirt that was from one of my first dirty little secrets <laughs> it was it was my secret i'm gonna get jacked up don't buy me the cocoa puffs the count chocula i'm gonna get jacked up i'm a kid i'm gonna find a way i'm a sugar addict kids are sugar addicts you know i found a way i fought the power and you know i live to tell about it but anyway to make a long story longer there were toys in the cereal boxes and you just don't really see that much anymore and you know what you would do is i you would open when you would get you know when i would be at my grandmother's house or whatever i would open the cereal i would open a brand new box of cereal i would stick my dirty grimy little you know fat arm down the side i would touch the cereal that everyone else was gonna eat you know maybe that's why they quit doing it 
because the FDA would be like, man, y'all, that's nasty. Y'all can't keep doing this, you know? You know, this is like going to the buffet and, you know, telling people that there's, you know, Willy Wonka's golden ticket at the, you know, bottom of the green bean dish. And there's no spoon. They just dig through the green beans because they want to find the golden ticket. Maybe the FDA had a problem with it. Because I know that I touched a lot of people's food back then. Yeah. But you would get this toy. And it would be interesting for... You know, you'd be it'd be cool for like maybe a day or two. You know, like, I got this glow-in-the-dark spoon. You know? Or I got this magic trick. And it was simple. And it was in a little plastic thing covered in cereal dust. But it was really cool to get that i mean you found yeah as well it's like you won you know it was in there you know and and what really sucked is when you would get to a cereal box and would be open and you would go to digging but somebody already beat you to it you know that is rock bottom when you're a little kid when you're a little kid and you don't get you know fancy store-bought going to town cereal and you dig through you know the cereal and and you come up with nothing it's just like no <laughs> you just look up in the air with your arm down in the cereal box and scream you know and it's devastating you know but you know i can't be selfish there's other people that needed to get the cereal box toys but you know you'd pull it out you dust it off you'd open it up and it was just cool it was cool to find that little treasure and I don't know why they quit doing that. Why they quit doing that? What's up with that? I don't know. Uh, maybe since I have kids now, maybe it's good they quit doing that. Or I'd be stuck with a bunch of crap cereal. And I would eat it. Well, I like cereal. Cereal's good. I don't eat it as much. It's one of those things I like, but I really don't eat it a whole lot. That should be my my mid-year resolution to eat more cereal but i just thought that i'd talk about that because i thought about it and there's no big oh that really climaxed that story was really you really took us somewhere with that (laughs) well i'm sorry that's just what i think about and i don't always climax in my head so so if you wanted a climax just fake it you know what i'm saying all right people i appreciate it i'll let you go happy mother's day to everybody again thank you for the support for those of you that's that have been supporting this podcast and listening i appreciate it i'm having a blast this is fun to me i enjoy doing it and um if you have a question or if you have a subject or a topic that you would like me to think or talk about after i think about if you'd like me to think i gotta think about it first but if you'd like me to talk about something, let me know. You can message me on Twitter at Glenn Think Stuff. Um, follow me. You know, let me know your your listening, your suggestions. Um, again, I appreciate my listeners. I appreciate the support. You can also message me on Anchor. I record on Anchor, and you can send me messages there. And thank you guys. And. You know, I want to keep it keep it light on the show. I don't want to I don't want to talk about things like politics or religion or things that divide people. That's not my deal. There's nothing wrong with with any of those things. We need 
people to discuss those things. We need preachers and priests and politicians, but I'm not any of those. I'm just a guy living the dream, baby. And that's what it is. What it is is what it is. Keep it real. People take care of yourselves. Um, And I'll talk to y'all soon.